All right, welcome. Uh, this is going to be a special edition of the old... Uh, I, you know what? We don't do intros anymore, do we? We just start talking. I believe All right, so the question talking. is... The question is that we shot back and forth. I don't know who came up with it, but it is uh, how close do officers need to be with the people they supervise? How close is too close? Did you write this question? No, you did. No, no, I got it off the list that we were sharing. Oh, okay. That's what I got it from. No, I'm not sure. It's a phenomenal question. I, th- I thought it came from you. So. so since we're just going to have an open discussion about it, can we can we transition through how close an officer, chief officers, does it change as you move up? So for officers in specific, is the opening how close? Yeah. Uh, but I, just out of curiosity, when you put it out, I was also curious, well, how much, if any, does it change as you move up through the ranks? I think it does change. I think it think, think it changes, especially from captain or, or station officer to chief officer. Because chief officers, in my opinion, they have to work um, from afar. You're not in the station with them. You're not living, eating every day, you know, working shoulder to shoulder like that. So I think there is some of that separation just by the position that you have. I took it to mean the whole station officer. Yeah, well, so starting with the station officer, do you think that there should be some distance? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think the more that you have a relationship with the, your people, I think that uh, works out really, really well. And it gets to a point where, you know, they'll do anything for you. You'll do anything for them. But people are going to abuse that. You also have to have the strength of character to be able to say no and, and you know be that authoritative figure to to cut it off at some point i think people struggle with that that's the old buddy to boss uh kind of thing i think it's great to have relations i have great relationships with people that i had as station officers or at least i i see it from my point of view they may not see it like that right <laughs> they may not like me as much as i like them um but I can, I, there were definitely boundaries. You know, there were definitely times where, you know, they would do some shenanigans and I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, leave me out. Yeah, I agree. So I can't, I also haven't been able to come up with just an answer of yes or no. It's yes and no. Uh, some of the company officers that I came up with that would distance themselves, for example, there was one that was very distant. He was a great company officer, but his personal life, his wife, his family, his children, uh, what he does outside of work, never came into the firehouse, totally separate. Uh, and what I found, there was a disconnect between him and us because of that. Because it's almost if you're not bringing that part of your life in, you know, like we were all having the discussions of what happened over the weekend. He was just very good at keeping that totally shut down you didn't know anything about the guy really you know he's married you know he's got a couple kids there's somebody that's been in the department for a very long time but he just chose to keep that totally separate from the firehouse and i found it to be more us and him right without any reason really you know maybe something for him he had reason but for us it's like we know each other we would hang out uh so did that, you know, this is a common theme that we go back and forth with all the time. Did that affect your trust of each other? I think it affected some of our trust in him because we just didn't know him. Right. We knew Lieutenant Blank. We didn't know John or Bob. Yeah. We, we just didn't know him personally. So, yeah, there was some, I don't know if it was... We didn't trust him. There was a lot of apprehension and things because there was a separation between the crew 
and him as it pertained to any personal discussions, you know, what's going on in my house, what we've done, what we're doing. It definitely didn't aid. Right. But then there's certain things that I think that it did help in. We were always conscientious that it was all professional. Uh, there was no... So, you know, if that's what you wanted to achieve... Is it the most way to make a team, though? Is no, it, not in my opinion. Yeah, in my opinion either. It's so not. as a company officer, I was the polar opposite. As a company officer, I want to be... I don't know about the polar opposite. The polar opposite would be like you'd be like all ingrained and, you know, you're 100% into all the shenanigans there. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, let me rephrase <laughs> that. I was opposite to that in the sense of I wanted to know who I was working with. I wanted to have relationships. Right. I wanted you wanted to, to know about trust. their families and yeah. their kids and you stuff. You know, like when that. they're celebrating something personally, that whether it's an achievement, a birthday, uh, they're getting married, they're getting engaged, they're having a child. I wanted to be engaged with all that, not because I felt it was my responsibility necessarily, but we're a family in the firehouse. So as a company officer in the firehouse, that's just the way I operated. Was we are a family, and, and I've always felt that even when I wasn't a company officer, but more so when I when I became a company officer, I wanted my family to come to the firehouse because I think once you meet somebody's family, it brings a humanity to you. Oh, this is not just, you know, lieutenant, captain, so-and-so. He has kids, and he has a wife, and he has a life. And when you see that come around the firehouse, which is common, uh, it just brings a certain humanity to it. Too. So there has to be some separation as you move up, I think. There has to be some, but I don't think to the extreme where you just totally isolate your personal life from your professional life. Right, right. I, I agree. A uh, little interlude. If you're waiting for Bill or Shane to, to chime in, they're not here. So moving on. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have started and we have eaten their donuts and too bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. There should be some type of separation, but you know, I guess that'd be the question that uh, that the listeners, the the young officers, would have is how do they develop that? How do they develop that separation? How do they how do they get to a point where they can pull back and say, "All right, yeah, I can't be a part of that." Well, actually, I learned this from you. Uh Oh, this is not going to yeah, be good. Yeah, this is going to go over like a bag of hammers. No, actually, I think one. It's important to be consistent throughout your career. Just be true to who you are so people know what to expect. This is who you are. But I also think just even if it has to be explained, as we transition, we grow, we learn, we experience different things, that's going to change a little bit of us. So when you go into that company officer's role, even if it means sitting down with your crew and saying, listen, I'm still the same person, but understand that I have to change in order to accommodate the responsibility and the role that I'm playing in now and you can't be part of the things that you were part of before right and it's really important that they understand that that's not being um, uh, you know changing you know everybody talks about oh you change you're a company man blah 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 the change was in the responsibilities not in who you are as a person you still find those things fun you, you still like to enjoy the, the interactions and all that but your responsibilities change and who you're responsible for changes yeah I, and to be 
to be a person who says, I'm never going to change no matter what my rank is or whatever, you're going to be pretty poor at the job, in my opinion. I, I agree. You're going to have to grow, develop, and change. Now, I throw the throw the phrase around a lot when when we're talking about stuff, but it's very applicable. You live in the firehouse with a certain amount of plausible deniability. As you start moving up through the ranks, you don't have that anymore. Now you understand human. Re- you've tested on this stuff. You understand human resources, and you understand uh, certain things that you didn't understand earlier in your career. So now, not only can you be held accountable, uh, you could be liable for them too. Right. So to say that you're not going to change to facilitate the responsibilities, the new position, you're lying to yourself, and I agree with you. I think that you'd be very poor at it, or it'd be very short-lived. I had a lieutenant of mine a long time ago say, Trosh, we're both going to be chief one day. You're just going to be very short-lived in your position. And he said that to me in my immaturity during those days, basically giving me the uh, the kudos of going, you know, I think you're going to make it. But it's probably going to be short-lived because at that time I was so immature, so outspoken, and, and he didn't, although he aided me a lot and I needed to hear that. Uh, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah, but it worked for me. He, he Sounds like something that said. <laughs> it would be something you said. He was a little bit softer about it. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that during that time, he was absolutely right. Now, if he wouldn't have told me that, I may have not taken some self-reflection and go, well, you know, he's right. I do need to be a little bit more tactful. Uh, I need to grow into the fact that, you know, I can't do some of the things that I was doing before. I don't have that plausible. Deny, but I do know better. And I think that's the biggest thing is I do know better. So... If you do something and you're called out to the carpet for it, it's almost like the first question that you should be asked is, did you know better? Odds are the the real answer is, yep, you knew better and you chose to stay in that little window or box of plausible deniability. I didn't know better. No, you've already moved past that. So I definitely think that you some separation is needed, some, because you're moving into a different role with different responsibilities, liabilities. All right, so some pitfalls of, of not changing or, or, or not uh, creating that separation, you know, or being too close. In my opinion, you know, if you're too close to it, that relationship, when you have to hold them accountable, when you have to discipline them, whatever, you just made your job that much more difficult. Yes. You know, and it's, it's a, uh, we've talked about this before, you know, if, if they know all your dirty little secrets and all the little things that you've been doing the whole time and then you come in and you know you're now you are going to be betraying yourself and you're going to destroy that trust within them and i'm not saying that you need to to act in a certain way or uh you know that that you shouldn't have fun or enjoy yourself around the station but there should be that that point that line in the sand where you're like you have to understand you're the boss would you agree yeah you know i think i think that we do a great job to a certain degree of uh, training our people, getting them ready for the stressors of the job, you know, you get from your rookie all the way on up as you're coming up through the years. One thing that we sometimes fail to realize is you're taking a child because we're children when we start this career. You're, you're, Church said that, not me. <laughs> well, when I say child, if, if I'm 18 years old, uh, 20 years old starting my career, I'm a young adult. 
Well, just I'm a young adult. I still haven't matured to the level of the maturity that I have now. So I'm coming in out of high school uh, or maybe a little bit later, but you're still a very young adult that hasn't experienced all the things, hasn't matured, and then it happens very quickly. We need to do a better job at mentoring some of these people to understand that all of that stuff that you do in the maturing process doesn't go away. One thing the fire service is amazing at is reflecting and recollecting all the information from 30 years ago that you've done. Your mm. your reputation, your legacy, your actions, they don't go away. People will tell me things that I've done 20 years ago. They can remember like it was yesterday, whether it was a joke or a fire or whatever the case is. So when you come into the firehouse, we prepare you for a lot of things. But what we don't prepare you for is, hey, you realize that you're probably going to be in this uh, profession for 20 plus years everything that you will that that you do at one point or another you may be accountable for those it may be that during your your reign as a apparatus operator or engineer all of a sudden now you're a division chief and you're having to answer for some of the things that you did back then right so it's hard all right, so how, how does somebody go about developing closeness? So let's say their problem is the other side. It's not that they uh, are too close. It's that they're not close enough. How What would be some ideas on it? And mine, starting off, the number one that I could say in any firehouse, the number one way to start developing that family and closeness is eating having together. Eating together, yeah. having dinners together. I don't care if you're the one that does the cooking. You know, you've got to bring everybody to the table. I don't care if they're on a special diet or whatever. They can eat all at the same time. Sit down. And then when you're done, don't immediately jump up and start doing dishes. That's family time. That's when you start, you know, cutting up with each other a little bit, you know, taking the guard down, you know. Don't don't be so sensitive about, you know, whatever they're going to joke with you about. But I'd say that's the that's probably the top one is to eat together. I agree. I, and, and, I think and, most would agree with that. And I think in our today's society, that's a big missing point because I think a lot of families – are so busy they don't have those times and they're so caught up on their phones and watching TV while they eat and, and things of that nature they don't spend the, that quality time sitting down so going forward we may even see more of that because we know that a lot of kids today have problems with social interaction you know and, and it's very social in the firehouse you know being part of that group and part of that family so uh, this is where you come in and you start you know talking to each other about what's going on. I don't mean like spilling your problems out on the table, but it's it's where you kind of cut up with each other and decompress and talk about the day's events and what's going on. You know, and even you know, hopefully you're doing a couple of meals together. Hopefully you're doing breakfast and you're doing you know dinner at least. You know, I, I know that that brings a lot of closeness in the, a lot of the stations I've seen. You know, the ones that typically get along the worst don't eat together. Yep, I, I agree. If I was going to tell anybody anything, it'd be the same thing. You got to eat some meals together. I recently um, encountered an event where we were having an amazing discussion at the table. And there was one individual who was not. They were playing a game on their phone. On their phone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, catapulting into the, the differences in generations and everything else, because there's some differences. We, You know, when I came in, the generation that was there, I'm sure they thought, great, now we got to raise these young adults to become right. whatever. Right. So anyway, almost my immediate reaction is like, really? I mean, we're all having awesome family time over here. 
and you would prefer to sit off to the side and play a game. Um, it'd be very easy to put that person in a, gata- a category where you scoot them out even more versus going, how do you get them to engage? How do you get them on that table? Because re- especially as a company officer, your job is to get everybody to the table. Yeah, yeah. We can work out all the differences at the table, but you got to get them to the table. So my first reaction was actually, in my mind, I'm like, not a great reaction on this cat going, really? You know, all this awesome discussion, you're going to sit there. It, it made me want to almost exclude him even more. And you got to catch yourself and go, well, hang on a second. How do I get him to the table so he can engage in here? Maybe he doesn't feel that he has anything to offer or whatever the case may be. But I think it all happens at the table. Breakfast for us is huge. I mean, breakfast time, just depending on your specific house culture, for ours, breakfast is where everybody's coming together and really discussing thing. Everybody everybody fends for themselves for lunch, and then they recombine it at, at dinner again. So without question, to bring people close, I think the food, food always brings us close. That's yeah, what we do. Yeah, it does. And food it, and coffee. Yeah, and the discussion afterwards, you know, again, that, that picking on each other is not really picking on each other. That's developing your mental toughness. Correct. You know, everybody's expected to defend themselves. You know, nobody's a victim there. So... If you feel like they're just picking on you, hey, get a little mentally tough. You know, start start pushing back. That's what they want. They want you to push back. They yeah. want to know that you, you know, are not going to take it. They're not trying to pick on you. You know, kind of getting off topic there a little bit. I'd no, say, but that is a good. I mean, that it falls in line with it because you're building trust. You're building relationships. You're, right. you know, as an officer, even on something like that, there's a line that can be crossed in that game. In oh, that. Yeah. oh yeah. So before there was almost no line. You could almost do everything. Now as a company officer, you got to mitigate that line. You can go, well, we just crossed the line or that we that's not that's how true. we achieved that's a good that. Point. So and I think that's become more complex in the past couple of decades for us too. Well, again, I, I think because people are losing that social interaction, they they they're losing those skill sets of, of being able to have those lines and, and boundaries painted out for them you know they, they don't understand them like they used to you know uh, I, I think another good example of a way to uh, develop that is to do things off duty together you know I know one station you know I thought it was hilarious uh, they would go to a lo- local uh, go-kart racing track um, Andretti's we'll hashtag Andretti's there for them later on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'd go to Andretti's which is an <laughs> awesome place uh, if, if you want to do a team event uh, and, and they would race each other you know and they, they provide a little trophy and stuff like that that that's a team-building event right yeah, there. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, it sounds awesome, <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, but that's a great team-building event, you know, and it's bragging rights, and it's something that they can bond around and share around and stuff like that, and that's what you need to, to build that closeness and, and, and that camaraderie and, and common experience. Is what, what you're really looking for is common experience. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we need to put a valiant effort at coming up with ways to make that happen. It is not... It doesn't always just happen as a company officer or not. Even if you're leading from from uh, the bottom up, you have to actually sit down and think based on the personalities, the people that you're dealing with, the culture of that house, the culture of that department, how you can foster those relationships. Um, one of the things that we would do is, you know, we had for every day of the week, we had kind of, you know, medical Mondays, technical Tuesday, truck ops Thursdays, all this stuff. But we had fitness Fridays. And that was just as a reminder of 
We just do Taco Tuesday. Maybe maybe we're not as finished. We should <laughs> we should have brought Taco Tuesdays in. I kidding. think it was Taco every day for us. I'm just kidding. But we had a Fitness Friday, right? So the Fitness Friday, we had uh, one of the guys was extremely physically fit, military guy. He did a phenomenal job, and he was actually one of, if not the lowest ranking person, but that was his day. He was in charge, and what we would do is we would go out there, and he'd have something set up for us. Sometimes it was team-based and turnout gears, crawling in front of the station, or just doing a regular workout, calisthenics, whatever it was, he would set that up, but we would go out there and do this. Any Friday that we were on shift was a fitness Friday. What it did for us it gave us a reason, to, a formalized reason to come together for a common goal. Techn, uh, technical Tuesdays. So now we're going to train on Technical Tuesdays. Somebody's going to be in charge. Hey, man, you got next Tuesday. Can you do a drill on whatever? It's giving you a reason to have to come together. Uh, I understand, like, for if we go back to the di- dinner room table, if we're going to sit down at that table, that's kind of optional. When we set these things up, it would drive us together. This is something that was going to happen. It was expected, uh, even if you're having a bad day. But it did create a lot of closeness because people were having responsibilities within that. And we were there and we were given someone an opportunity to step up and handle that day and present whatever needed to be presented. So sometimes I think you need to get creative, especially as a company officer. Your job is to try to bring people together. It is to try to uh, get some closeness in there and also to draw the line you know it can go uh make sure it doesn't get go off course get out of hand but i i just don't know and yeah i'd love to hear from uh maybe we can get some comments from out there i just i think it's critical for a company officer to have some relationship some closeness we're not in our field of work is just so different than everybody else you got to spend 24 hours with someone for a very long time. I mean, you, you know, some crews are together 10, 15 years. That's just a lot of time to spend with individuals without trying to build some type of relationship, personal relationship. Right, right. And I think it makes it for a better team. So going back to the original question, um, could you articulate what is too close? I'm going to do my best. So for me, too close would be when you lose the ability to separate a professional decision from a personal decision, a professional uh, response from a personal response. So although me and you may have a great personal relationship, if I can't separate it when it comes to whether it's a, a disciplinary action or something that took place that I need to discuss with you I think at that point you've crossed the line so there definitely has to be a a line that professional and personal line has to remain there it's not something that's out and present it's in the cloud (laughs) 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 but but you 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 get what I'm saying you have to always maintain the ability to address something professionally. If you lose that, then I think you've drifted off in the wrong direction. Okay. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I, I, I hope I hope it does. I mean, I hope it does for them. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I hope they understand what you're talking about. Uh, I would say, you know, 
any time that you're going to compromise yourself. And by compromise, I mean, those guys should not really see you drunk. You know, you you should not, you know, borrow money from those guys, you know, the guys that you supervise. You should not put yourself in a compromised position. That's a a kind of a slippery slope because we're telling you to be close but not close at the same time. You know, but it definitely needs to have that, in my opinion, that line because once you cross that line, then then you are them. I so I agree a hundred percent. You have to have the ability to maintain your integrity at all times, and and I I get what you're saying. And in some places, some departments, some stations, some cultures, where you go out and it's personal, it's your day off. You can go do whatever it is that you do. You just got to understand that. Like I was saying before, it's going to follow you back into your house. Your history doesn't go away Absolutely. when you leave the firehouse. You know, so let's say you all guys, you guys have some team events you're going to go do, whatever. And afterwards, you know, everybody's going to drink and stuff. If the officer is the one that's the most torn up, that they're having to pour into the car and it's puking all over the place, those guys are going to remember it. And that's going to be an image that's burned on them, you know. So I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself. I'm not saying, you know, if you drink to, to, to not drink. I'm just saying... Always keep that one step of like, you know, these are my, I'm the shepherd and and these are the guys I'm taking care of. I'm under the mindset where you're, we've chosen a profession where there are no days off almost. Yeah, yeah. Because no matter where you go, and this was our our last uh, podcast, uh, we spoke about, you know, you were the one that asked, do you have a fire tag on your car? Are you wearing a fire? No, it wasn't me. It was Bill. Was it Bill? Yeah. Look, I blamed you already. That's right. Hey, when we retire, you'll hear this episode because we're not. <laughs> we're not going to air that one. <laughs> uh, what was it? Well, anyway, moral licensing. That's it. Moral licensing. But you know, the standards that are expected from us from society are pretty high, and we've chosen a profession <clears throat> that doesn't take any time off. So. Somebody out there may may disagree with that. It is a lot of pressure to put on yourself. But the fact of the matter is, when you leave the firehouse and go home and you're around your family and your friends, or you go to a bar, you go wherever you go, that job technically never stops for us. You can suffer the consequences of what you do on your time off at work. Yeah. So with that being said, as difficult as it may be, it's almost like congratulations, you've joined the fire service, and you're now a firefighter 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, and you conduct yourself in a manner that you feel would support that. So I know it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to hear sometimes going, well, does that mean we never get a day off? It's not what I'm saying. But I'm definitely saying, you know, we see these movie stars sometimes and, and music artists, and they're... they're going nuts about their privacy being infringed on. They can't walk down the street. You are getting paid millions of dollars so people can be in your business. Congratulations, you signed the contract. That's kind of what you got. And to a certain degree, minus the million dollars, we kind of signed the contract going, you're a public figure. And, you know, what happens when somebody in public safety does something wrong off-duty? An off-duty firefighter, an off-duty police officer, that's what you hear in the media. So because of our profession, 
we don't have the ability to walk away from it and turn it off. And that's tough. But you got to keep that in the back of your mind and everything that you're doing. All right, so to bring that in perspective and to with current issues, same kind of thing, I would say be very mindful of what you put on social media as you being an officer as well. Oh, because shit. that's also going to determine how people view. Yes, you're you're talking in your personal life, but I, I'd say uh, this would be you know discretion is is a very good thing in your social media postings I, listen, as an officer. I'm so glad you brought that up. If uh, it's funny that when we started our careers, and you started yours before mine, but social media was not something you had to be. Mindful of. Yeah, or even disgust. Now, the people that are coming in, I'm telling them, wipe your social media clean. You have better make sure that you don't have anything in there that you're going to regret. A lot of employers are actually looking at social media places to check you out. Uh, you got to remember some of these departments may be very small, have the ability to, but they can look at your profile. And you may have something in your profile that could be found offensive. So... You, yeah, you got to be extreme. You know, it's funny because, or actually, it's not funny. We almost don't have the right to free speech to a certain degree. Track with me here in the sense of someone can go into social media and make a political remark, a religious remark, or a remark like that with no ramification whatsoever. But if we do, we can be held accountable to that remark up to losing your job. And it's happened nationwide. So I'm not saying as I condone it, I agree with it. I know I'm stepping on a landmine right now. But how many people have lost their job in public safety over a social media post that was construed as inappropriate because of a political comment or a religious comment or something disparaging? Right. So, to it is stepping on a landmine, but I think that we would also be, we wouldn't be doing anybody any justice if we didn't mention this is costing people their jobs. Right. So, where you say you have a right, I'm going to say you have a responsibility to show discretion about voicing your inner thoughts. I prefer your word. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't feel it. I'm not saying that you, in private, you shouldn't express it. Correct. I'm saying show discretion in social media, expressing your inner thoughts. Correct. You know, I, I, I you just, just summarized what I was trying to say in different <laughs> words. We always have the freedom of speech, of course. Right, right, right. right. You just got to use extreme discretion. Right. And it that's another you know slippery, slippery slope. You know, and it, but I would be. I think you're accurate. You know, if you are, are very vocal on uh, social media and you you have a lot of historical posts, you know. Your your new crew and whatever is probably going to go review that and make their judgment based off of you. So I got to tell you, uh, years ago, we had a um, opening for fire chief in the department that I was working in. There were several candidates, and their their names were kind of made semi public. You know, it, the rumor mill got out of who they were. First thing I did is jump on social media and start looking at them all to see who they were and where they were coming from and what some of their background was. So we just be, would be fooling ourselves if we thought that social media had no bearing or 
there's no ramifications you can pay from it or you shouldn't use discretion. That's your private. It is your private space. I'm not questioning that. But the facts are that it's nationwide. It's having positive and negative effects. Right. You know, for some people, it's having amazing positive effects and, and highlighting a lot of great things. And for some, it's career ending. Yeah, I agree. Um, shifting gears back a little bit to uh, the whole close, too close. Uh, so for as closeness, how would you recommend handling the holidays? We're, we're rapidly approaching the holidays here. What a yeah. great question. <laughs> hey, man, I'm doing good today. I know where you're going. You, you, you just keep throwing landmines in front I of do, me. I do, I do. I keep throwing all these things in there because there's such, it's good. such a diverse group that we have working with us. So I, I got I to tell you, the diversity, uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm Cuban. I was born in Cuba. And for me, Christmas Eve is huge. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm getting to come over here. That's Christmas right. Eve. That's going to be awesome. So I would trade my Christmas days sometimes for Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. Do a swap because Christmas Eve for us is the full family celebration. And then in the morning you have presents. So anyway, there are tremendous cultural differences as it pertains to the holidays, what's celebrated, what's not celebrated. And... Now more than ever, these are things, topics that weren't really discussed decades ago. Things just kind of happened. But today they're in the forefront. You have to address them because because of diversity. So I definitely think you have to be mindful of it. I definitely think you need to be educated. Uh, and and I say this by definition and with all respect. And, and sensitive, I'd say, would be a good word. And sensitive, yeah. You, you know... You can't just claim ignorance. You really have to look at and educate yourself to some of these differences so you know how to deal with it. Because it, it, it all should come from a good place um, that you want to show inclusion and you want everybody to enjoy the holidays and blah, 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 blah. But if one person doesn't celebrate this holiday or they look at it differently, it's not a time to sit there and cause division. Right. Yeah, know, no it, it should be inclusion. And so it's not you having to compromise, you know, how you saw it, celebrate. It's an opportunity to bring the whole unit closer together and say, hey, we're a team. You know, if it's if it's calling it a holiday dinner, just calling it, to, you know, a, a family dinner or whatever, whatever it takes, in my opinion. Uh, don't look at it as you're having to compromise yourself. You are compromising, but it's compromising for the betterment of the group. This right. is not a time or an issue uh, you know, uh, what is Bill's thing? Uh, is this the hill I want to die on? You know, right. it should, you know, and I can understand where some people might get, you know, for whatever reason, uh, get polarized on this. Really, you know, I, I think you shouldn't. I think you should try to bring the family or bring the crew together as best you can. Uh, so, all right, so the next is to give or not to give. Should officers give gifts to their people? Oh, you know, I did. Hey, so I so I was it right or not? First of all, well, <laughs> depends on what I'm you're giving talking, them. And I'm not going on to whether or not the, uh, they celebrated it or not. I'm just you know. No, so I would. Uh, I also was in a place where there wasn't anything that would keep me from doing it because everybody was. 
everybody will be celebrating the holiday. Right, right. So there, you I know. I feel like we're trying, like, walking around landmines here. Like, we're, we're afraid we're going to say something we shouldn't say. Well, you know, this is actually like the firehouse. You've got to be cautious. Some people <laughs> may, may be offended by something you say, and you'd think they wouldn't be offended. Right. I did. I gave uh, gifts during the holidays and uh, they were well received never had any issues now so what's the best gift you've ever given oh I like the year I gave uh, we had a fireman that was uh, doing these mugs he would etch into the glass anything you wanted and we had these company mugs made up I had a company mug made up for everybody with everybody's name under it and then uh, the rule was Anytime anybody was out having a soda, <clears throat> then you would. <laughs> that was subtle. If you're having a soda, you kind of text everybody, you know, a picture with, the, the, with the mug and, yeah. and that type of and thing. And your beverage of choice. And, and your, you know, whether you like Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola, or Pepsi, it's up to you. <laughs> so... Uh, at any rate, it was a pretty cool thing. Everybody appreciated. It. I'm sure everybody that still has cool. it. I actually still have have it here for you know. To me, it was it, it was something cool. Some people do challenge coins, but my favorite was definitely those mugs. They're still around. All right. So, do you make your gifts functional or personal? I've always made mine personal. See, I always done mine functional. Maybe I'm missing the boat there. Maybe no, not I'm at all. I'm, I'm thinking now. Where did I miss the boat? Why so, actually, I functional? want to hear from the listeners. You know what? What would you rather have? What would you rather have and what do you prefer to give? You know, personal and what was it? Or uh, uh, professional and what was it? Like I've given out books, you know, because I really think reading and, and knowledge is good uh, that I want them to do. And, you know, I've had people say that they, you know, they didn't like to read. So I right. gave everybody uh, a download to Audible so they could listen to, <laughs> to a book the well, next then I, year. Then I'll ask you, Bill gave you a book. I haven't read it. I haven't read it. And that's Sorry, not, it's, it's, it's not because of uh, Bill or the book. I, I just don't. I actually love to read, but I just don't have as much time as many things that I'm involved in. I so, actually do Audible. Hashtag Audible. Uh, I do Audible right. quite a bit, uh, you know, because it allows me to still feed my brain while I'm in transit back and forth to work or, or whatever I'm doing. Now, although my gifts were personal, they were always applicable. They always tied into what we did, and it was right. always the same. So whether it was the mugs or, or whatever, um, you know, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer or right yeah, or wrong approach. Yeah, because I've given like yeah. uh, webbing and shove tools, shove yeah. knives and stuff like that. Things that they could use, you know, on the turnout gear and stuff like that. Uh, so I, like I said, I'd be really curious to hear what the listeners would have to say is like, what did they really enjoy getting and, you know, and what was it, you know, personal or, or professional? Stuff yeah, like that would be interesting. And I think it depends where it's coming from, you know, uh, not who, but where. If it's, if it's a genuine, I want to do something for. And it's also, <laughs> if if you're a captain with ten people under you, then yeah, it gets a little <laughs> pricey. Just you know, uh, you know, keep it at a, at a limit. And that's that's the thing too is just because you gave, don't expect to get back because that's not the way. That's not the reason for giving. Oh yeah, no, no yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I don't ever want to make my guys feel feel bad, so I don't make it ex- super expensive. You know, because I'm not I'm not trying to show off or anything like that. I just care about them, and I just want to show them that I appreciate them. And you know, and that's why I was like, you know, providing them some tools to the trade, you know, kind of thing like uh, books. You know, that, that uh, 
uh, you know, may educate their thinking or help them deal with conflicts or stuff like that, or you know, like webbing that would help them on the job. It was always something like that. So that's just my thoughts on it. So going, yeah, I'm giving you the stare. So <laughs> going to the next level, what about the relationship between a chief officer down, personal and professional? So same thing that applied to a company officer, but now you're a chief officer of battalion. So I think now is where your social skills come in to be, uh, need to be more developed. Because now you're not having the um, already uh, created family time with dinners and things like that. And yes, you know they can invite you to dinner, but you're talking about that's going to happen maybe once a month. You right. know? And you have the station that you live in, but this is my opinion. Uh, listeners, take it how you wish. My opinion, the chief is a guest in the house. If you weren't the chief, that house is still station whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They, that station belongs to the company. You are the guest. And I always kind of assume it that way. I, I don't ever want that, the, that crew to feel like you know they're living in my house. It's the other way around. Um, so when it comes to dinners and things like that, you know, yes, the station I live in, you know, I, I have a lot more access to that captain. But the other ones, you have to develop... Uh, better personal skills about engaging them when you do have that time to share it with them. You know, finding out about their family, find about what motivates them, what makes them tick. Your social skills, I think, should need to be a little bit more advanced. What about the personal interactions outside of work? Do they change when you go from company officer to chief officer? Yeah, I think they do uh, because it, it it's it's not a I don't think it's a conscious thing, but they don't typically invite you to come do like the the Andretti's thing. You know, right. you find out about it when you stop by the station, and they're all talking about you know the experiences they had, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, I'd like to have fun and drive go karts too. That'd be cool." Oh yeah, yeah, chief. Next time we'll do, it, we'll invite you. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mom, dad, we'd love to bring you along. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So you know, and I'd love to go. Sometimes when I can, you know, I, I try to pop into things that I know are going on or, or whatever. But you know. I, you don't have as many opportunities to do things like that. You know, I, I thought about at one point doing like a, um, a battalion uh, a holiday dinner, but just logistically, you know, I just didn't know how to pull that off. Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah. Okay, so what about social media? Are your buddies still your buddies all over social media as a uh, <laughs> chief officer, or do you feel that? Well, if you talk to Bill, he says the only time I post is when I'm traveling. So, uh, and that's really just that whole discretion thing. I may read a lot of social media. I re- may read a lot of people's postings, but I don't put a lot of stuff on there myself. You know, the most stuff you'll see is usually from combustible. Um, uh, some stuff when I'm traveling or whatever. But yeah, I, I usually try to use discretion. I, I don't throw a lot of thoughts personally out there. I, and I just think that's, that's as good uh, management, probably as a chief officer. You know, if you mm-hmm. have a super vocal chief officer, uh, as long as it's on the professional level, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, but it it is being judged. Yeah, I, I agree. I, here recently, I went through just looking through my social media page every once in a while, scanning all the way back, looking at stuff, and I can see, you can see your progression if you look closely enough. You can look at your progression through <laughs> life going through I never thought of it like that, but yeah, I guess you could. Because, you know, I, I go from what we all experience, which is every fire shot, us out there doing whatever, just constant, constant, and it starts going away, going away. You see more 
it just kind of starts going away a lot more and more. I was never huge on posting anything controversial or any some oh. of the opinions that go out there that, that that would cause any type of controversy. But you could definitely see a difference through the years of how much information I broadcast through it. To use a visualization, the more you go up, the further your words have to drop and the more impact they're going to have when they land. That's a great point. You know, and so just be mindful of that. You know, as you're moving up that ladder, they're falling further and further and they're going to have a larger impact every single time. And so if you can kind of bear that in mind, it may give you some hesitation as to, oh, maybe I should tell them what I think of politics right now. Right, right. Another very decisive or polarizing topic. Maybe just keep it to you yourself. You know, a lot of it, I've been shocked that a lot of people are have no issues whatsoever, and that would be a landmine that I don't want to touch on right now. But, <laughs> but how? You're going to. But I'm going to anyway because that's what we do. How uh, free they are about posting some pretty powerful opinions yeah. on politics and religion. Some of the things that are like the ones that they say are no nos, and it is their private space. But here recently, one of the things that I saw was something happened with a public safety official, and it made the news. They took all the information right off of their Facebook page and said, yeah. and they, I mean, they literally put a picture of it up saying, here's a posting of mm-hmm. them using these remarks or whatever on social media. So, Yeah, we're, we're in no way saying that you shouldn't have these thoughts. You're, you're absolutely yeah, you're entitled, entitled to, to, to your thoughts. Where I'd say caution yourself or, or, or be mindful of your responsibility is to voice it. Right, and these are personal opinions and for me you know what I'm saying what I guess the message that I'm really trying to get through is that this isn't temporary this is almost a permanent comment mm-hmm. that you're making this stays out there even if you delete it somebody may have captured it I've seen that multiple times where somebody's captured something so I would assume uh, and think that as a chief officer you really got to use a lot of uh, caution with some of those views or opinions, comments that could work against you if you're not extremely careful. Right, I agree. And and I hate that this subject even has to come out, especially when you're talking about relationships, but it's almost like relationships are, you find out about relationship status through social, this person dropped me on his thing, I guess they don't like me anymore, or whatever. You know, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. When I have four kids, yeah, I'm unfriended. I thought we were friends. Uh, so, you know, I'd be curious to, to hear from some of the listeners, too. I think one of the things that I have seen is some people have set up two profiles. You know, they'd have a profile mm. that's, you know, a professional outreach profile, and then one that's you know, they don't allow anybody in. It's kind of family and friends type. Her family are very close friends. Sounds like somebody with an identity crisis. <laughs> I agree. Actually, recently saw someone who had something like that. And well, that's interesting. I mean, that's their tactic they're using to do that. Right. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I think we pretty much wrapped this up, this topic up. Uh, like I said, we kind of gave you guys some homework, some things to do. So let's hear from you. You know, find out about your holiday, which, what kind of gifts you like, professional or uh, personal, and what was the best ones. And I think Cabello uh, was having a question there at the end. Uh, so let's definitely hear what you got. Uh, reach out to us on uh, Twitter at Hatchet, uh, at Hatch CTP. At Troj CTP. Yeah, we'll, 
You're going to send something to Bill and Shane. Go ahead. Yeah. But you can also uh, <laughs> find it on the, 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 the podcast on iTunes. You know, obviously, if you listen to it now, you may have got to it by Facebook. We have a Facebook page. And you can go to our website at uh, www.combustiblethepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Be good.